born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands vote for change, my tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope, let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Welcome back to Born to Serve on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM, the program that focuses on leaders who fulfill the role of serving the community and the Ummah and ultimately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rashida Davids continues our book reading segment this week on one such Khalifa, the late Sheikh Ahmad Didat from the biography Ahmad Didat, The Man and His Mission, a biography by Gulam Fahid. Didat's journey began quite by chance when he came across a book chronicling a 19th century debate between a Molana and a missionary. That book was Izhar ul-Haq, Truth Revealed. It is ironic that Adam's mission, the home of Christian missionary education, inspired Didat to challenge the authenticity of the Bible. As in most colonial settings, Christian missionaries were active in Natal from the earliest days of white settlement. The American board mission dominated the missionary field in Natal from the 1830s and its medical missionary, Dr. Newton Adams, settled in Umlazi in 1836. Adams College, which offered a liberal Christian education to African students, was opened in 1853. Situated about 40 kilometers south of Durban, it has produced a stream of outstanding graduates, most notably Nkosi Albert Lutuli, who became president of the African National Congress and was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1960. It was the two years that Didat spent at Adams Mission in the late 1930s during the awkward transition from teenager to adult that gave him his life's calling. At the time, Didat worked as a sales assistant at O.N. Muhammad, a small general dealer that serviced the students of Adams College and the African communities living nearby. Didat later claimed that the students at Adams College had served as a catalyst for his own mission. He told a reporter in 1986 that he was driven by the challenges of Christian missionaries in his boyhood who questioned his early Islamic faith to read and study his religion and the Christian faith as well. Students and teachers from the mission taunted him about Islam as they sought to prove the superiority of Christianity. Didat was often unable to respond to the challenging questions of prospective missionaries. As he explained, these missionaries would come and question us if we knew how many wives our prophet, peace be upon him, had. I did not know a thing about that. They also asked us if we knew that our prophet spread Islam at the point of a sword or that the one who did not accept Islam had their heads chopped off. They also used to ask us if we knew that our prophet copied his book from that of the Jews and the Christians, and I knew nothing about that. We were like sitting ducks and targets for these missionaries, who were well-trained, while we, even being Muslim, did not know much about our religion. The only thing the entire staff of that shop and myself knew about Islam was that we were Muslims and not what made us Muslims. We thought that the kalima made us so. In fact, what kalima meant was not known to the bulk of the people. We prayed and even fasted without really understanding much about Islam. It was harassment, 
constant harassment for us and pleasure for those missionaries. Being a sensitive young man of 20, as Didad explained in his preface to Is the Bible God's Word? He spent sleepless nights in tears for not being able to defend the one dearer to me than my own life, that mercy unto all mankind. Muhammad, peace be upon him. I resolved to study the Quran, the Bible and other literature. Didat's early experience at Adam's mission is part of folklore and has earned the sympathy even of some who did not agree with his methods, such as Salman Nadvi, professor of Islamic studies at the University of Durban-Westville for almost three decades from the mid-1970s. I was not positively inclined towards his debates, but you must understand that Ahmad Didat came into this whole thing as a result of a personal experience. That personal experience is one we were all familiar with because Christianity is a missionary-orientated religion. Their missionaries are paid to propagate and convert, which is exactly the opposite of Islam. In Islam, we don't have paid missionaries to convert people, but each Muslim should have in him or her Islam in a practical sense, which itself works as an invitation to Islam. So I was not very favorably inclined towards debating Islam, especially Didat's rough language and the jokes or satire that he employed. But Ahmad Didat himself related to me in his early life how he got into this, so I could understand the logic which forced him to get into it because that was his personal experience. Didat had been obsessed with reading from a young age. While still in Durban, he often found refuge in the Gandhi Library, which housed a large collection of books in English, Gujarati, Tamil, Hindu and Urdu, as well as numerous newspapers. Didat spent hours browsing through magazines, newspapers and books. He had a youthful openness to the written word and took in everything from Sinbad the Sailor to the works of Louis Pasteur. When working as a shop assistant at O in Muhammad, his passion for reading extended as far as reading the old newspapers that were used to package sugar, flour and salt. When making these parcels, Didat would read the articles, sometimes oblivious of the waiting customers. He eventually tired of newspapers and discovered the shop's basement where old books and magazines were stored. Didat's rummaging was initially disappointing as he spent most of his free time setting aside piles of magazines such as Farmer's Weekly and Personality that were of little interest to him. He was keen to read about politics, colonialism and Islam. One is reminded here of Didat's predecessors in 19th century India who were searching for solutions to the challenges posed by missionaries. The Reverend T.G. Clark described one such individual who night after night by the toil of the lamp ransacked every book within his reach from which the admission of various readings might be plausibly construed into the announcement of irremediable corruption and placing the results of his researches in the possession of the Mulvi or Mohammedan teacher in expectation of finally overwhelming the Christian cause. Didat's life changed one afternoon when he came across a worm-eaten book full of mildew that caused him to sneeze uncontrollably. It was Mawlana Rahmatullah Khairanawi's The Ijaharul Haq, 
now more commonly known as Izhar al-Haq. Noticing the English translation, Truth Revealed, in parenthesis on the cover, Didat immediately began reading. When the store closed, he took the book back to his room and read it from cover to cover. Half a century later, he was to tell reporters that the book transformed his life. That was the reading from the biography Ahmad Didat, The Man and His Mission by Ghulam Fahid. Thank you for joining me, Muhammad Zaid Kasim, on Born to Serve on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, you may comment and uh, send your suggestions to Zulfa B at VOCFM. That is Z-U-L-F-A-H-B at VOCFM.co.za. The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Serial.